Welcome to episode 97 of Inbound Agency Journey. This is Andrew, and I'm excited to have you here this week. We've got a great conversation that Gray has with Jonathan Dane. Jonathan is the founder of Client Boost. They are a PPC agency that has scaled to $300,000 in monthly recurring revenue in just 24 months. And in this podcast, Jonathan breaks down his process. He and Gray chat all about the journey that they went on and how they focused their time and attention during those 24 months to get up to that critical mass. And the key takeaway is this, how much time and attention are you spending on your agency marketing? That's the first step, because if you don't have prospects coming in the door, nothing else matters. So I'm not going give to give away any more secrets. This is an awesome interview. Get a notepad ready. Jonathan shares a lot of great things about the processes and the strategies that got their agency up into that point. Before we hop into that conversation, this podcast episode is brought to you by Do Inbound. Do Inbound is process and project management for agency pros just like you. So if you are looking for that tool that gives you a framework and a structure to organize the way that you work and to make things repeatable, process-driven, because we all know we need processes to scale, but we also need to be flexible in terms of servicing projects. We also want to be able to save things as templates and move forward and continue to innovate over time. Do Inbound was built from the ground up with agency pros in mind, just like you. Gray and I started this company a little over three years ago after growing and scaling our agency, Guava Box. So you want to learn more about Do Inbound and how it can help you streamline your client servicing process all by building off of documented, templated processes, head over to doinbound.com. You can check out a demo there. Without further ado, folks, let's get to the interview. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. All right, welcome to this week's Inbound Agency Journey episode. This week, we have the uh, the privilege and honor of bringing on Jonathan Dane from a PPC agency called Client Boost onto the podcast. Jonathan, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's rainy here in Southern California. It's not the usual, but um, we feel like the drought is is being helped out right now, so everybody's happy. <laughs> well, I love how it's raining for both of us, and oh. <laughs> and it's uh, surprising for for totally different reasons here in Western PA. We're getting rain, but instead of uh, instead of the usual beautiful weather, we're getting rain instead of you know six inches of snow today. Uh, so little little bit different climate. Yeah, yeah. But, Love it. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, and connecting. Um, so let's start off just just so people can get to know you a little bit. Um, let's start off with kind of your story and how that leads into the client boost story, and then we'll kind of walk yeah. through like, where you guys are today and, and dig into some of the lessons you've learned. But but just hit us with your story and how that how client boost came about. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So um, I'll give like the short version because I think. Um, it's, it's interesting, but it's not that interesting at the same time. So I'm actually originally from Denmark. I was born and raised there. Um, came over here when I was about 21, I'm 29 now and, uh, went to school over here and actually started doing, um, like auto detailing on Craigslist. And that's where I got to figure out like how, you know, int- marketing was interesting for me. And, uh, I was able to create, um, Craigslist postings that had images before and after pictures, you know, of like, you know, wax the car, not wax the car kind of thing. And, uh, I was making like three to $400 a day on good days here in, uh, in Orange County, California. Um, and that's when I was like hooked. 
And then um, I was kind of tired of the hard labor, got a job as a customer service rep for a company in Newport Beach, and they then introduced me to Google AdWords and say, hey, learn this, figure this out. Um, so fast forward, I went to a, like a two-day seminar in LA and uh, learned more about AdWords, and I was like, at that time, you know, like I'm gonna do this myself. So I actually used Craigslist again to um, like, you know, push my my PBC services, which looking back, I'm like, how the hell did anybody want to hire somebody from Craigslist to do this? But uh, it worked. I got my first couple of clients from there. Um, and then I, after school, when I graduated, um, I went to Utah to co-found another agency there and then was there for about a year and a half and then came back to, uh, to Orange County and then started Client Boost in January of 2015. Um, and like right now, we're at the two-year anniversary. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the start, <laughs> like the wow. quick story. Yeah. Wow. What, uh, what brought you over from Denmark? Um, so I'm half Danish, half American. My mom and her side of the family still lives over there and my dad lives over here. So I never really took advantage of my, my dual citizenship. Um, yeah. and, uh, I was over here for high school a little bit over here for like, you know, grade school, a few cl- grades here and there, but most of my, my youth and my upbringing was in Denmark. Um, and my grandma, funny enough over here on my dad's side was saying, Hey, you know, if, if you come over here, and go to school, I'll pay for, you know, your education, I'll give you a car, I'll give you a place to live, and I'm like, oh, I can't say oh, that. Let's go. Like, and I actually, I actually played uh, professional basketball in Denmark, so I'm like, hey, I'm going to try to make it over here and play college. Uh, completely stuck to that, and uh, it was completely, <laughs> completely different <laughs> dynamic, but I, I stuck through it with a, with a school, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, took, I took advantage of the offer, and, uh, you know, now I'm here. That is hilarious. Uh, how tall are you? I'm only like 6'1". Okay, so guard. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Definitely guard, yep. Not, yeah. Nothing else with that. <laughs> that is that is awesome. Wow, what a story. I had no idea about, I haven't heard you talk before about the background of uh, of like Craigslist really starting like two different businesses yeah. for you. I, awesome. I was always under the idea like, hey, if I can get my feet wet with something that doesn't cost me anything other than my time, um, right. let, me, let, me go, let me go crazy on that front. And so that's kind of, everything that I've done up until now, even so, um, and we'll talk about that too, like how we've grown our own agency uh, without putting a lot of money back into the business. Um, it's all like by, you know, just kind of rolling up your sleeves and, and spending the time doing it. And it's the same thing with Craigslist. Wow. Man, that's awesome. Well, before we get into some of the growth story, let's get like a couple of details about the agency, a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Yeah. Um, so you kind of got the start in PPC. Is PPC has that always been and always is like it's only a two year window here. But yeah. uh, is PPC like the only service or just the primary service? What's the it's, what are the services? A, yeah, great question. It's a primary service with uh, a sprinkling of of CRO, so the conversion optimization. We actually have uh, a six person in house uh, CRO team that does nothing but you know testing, split testing of landing pages for our clients. So you know having those in combination have done has done really well for our clients and just allows us to get faster results too when we pair them together. Right. That makes a ton of sense. And you said you guys are like, you're a 25 person team right now? Yeah, 25 people. Is everybody um, in person, like in in an office or do you, are you remote or a mix? Um, The only exception is we have one brand designer that actually works on the, the, the client who's marketing stuff who lives in Florida. Everybody else is is physically here in Costa Mesa, California. (laughs) Jonathan, was that an intentional decision to go in person or was it like, Hey, everyone I'm, I'm hiring and know is around here. Let's just get an office. 
Um, it was intentional because I'm a very big believer in culture. Um, and a lot of people here will like work from home here and there, but most of the time we want people to be in house. I, I want to create like an environment where, you know, even though you might not have liked going to school, but you, like in high school, but now you kind of miss those days. I wanted to create like that camaraderie and that fun. Um, uh, so intentionally, like I wanted everybody to be, you know, in house under one, one roof. Awesome. Dude, that's, that's so cool. So I think, I mean, Probably for most people who are listening to this, um, they're thinking like you're two years old and you're already at 25 people. This mm-hmm. agency is taking off. What's the growth story? How did that happen? Um, so I think I think from day one, um, my focus was kind of twofold. One, I knew that the barrier to entry of creating any agency is very, very small, very short, right? All you have to do is say that you are um, – you know, you, you have a website, you set up shop and then you try to network or whatever. You try to get your first couple clients or <laughs> use Craigslist like I did. Um, and so there's, there's so many, right? There's so many agencies. So how do you kind of cut through the fluff? Um, and so one of the things I realized is what a lot of agencies and I've, and I've talked with a lot of owners. I've, uh, I've talked with a lot of clients that come from another agency. And the truth is most agencies, marketing agencies suck at marketing themselves. Because all they have to do is basically work within the parameters that a client has already established, right? So maybe a client already has a brand, maybe they already have a blog, uh, they already have a PPC account. And so it's not tough to push buttons and follow like a blueprint that you set yourself. That's easy. Um, But to really grow yourself, one of the things I realized was, one, what's a differentiator from like that we can set for ourselves compared to other PPC agencies? And one of them was actually design, funny enough. So we cared a lot about our our brand, our look, um, our illustrations, all the small details, um, the about us page <laughs> pictures that you see on our website, the bios, all those things were like, Hey, I'm going to be meticulously about. And, um, and I don't know, again, it's, it's very subjective. I don't know if that's truly the case that has helped us kind of skyrocket, but it, it gave us a strong foundation, um, so that we can build brand equity, um, off our own content. And that the content has been like the only driver, the only channel that has got us all of our clients that we have now, um, and being able to, you know, produce the results that we've had for our own, you know, agency growth right now. Man. So we're about a hundred episodes into this podcast. I've been doing it for coming up on, uh, two years, I guess. And it's like a universal theme. Um, (laughs) if you're going to be successful as an agency, like you have to invest in your own marketing. And I think the design thing is what sticks out right away. And your website is just client boost client with a K clientboost.com. And I mean, you just see the design, the design kind of sticks out right away. One of the pieces that stuck out to me, uh, I was looking at this, I don't know, probably a month or two ago. Um, I went to the blog and I see all of the, all the featured images on the blog mm-hmm. aren't just images, they're animated GIFs yeah. or GIFs. We, we don't need to get into that debate, <laughs> but, uh, I was like, nobody else does this. Like, and especially no agency does this. It's awesome. Right. So right. I love the fact that you guys embraced the design and marketing um, and just producing this content. And that that right. has been uh, kind of the key to your growth, even as a PPC agency, that you guys are getting it, um, that you guys are getting a lot of that business through through content. Right. What, I mean, I guess like the classic objection that people have is like, I, I need to take all of my, in the agency space, the barrier to entry is low. Yeah. Um, and there's usually not a lot of fundraising that goes into this. So people are like, well, I don't have money to put towards, I need to put all that, all the 
money that I have towards the client work. Mm -hmm. And then whatever's left is like, that's the, the profit as an owner. How did you, right. did you raise money or how did you, uh, how did you fund this early on? So it was all like as a, as a person who wants to start an agency, even if you have one now, you either have money or you have time, right? Um, so if you're spending all your time working on clients and your profit margins are so low that you have no money left, well, then you're not in a scalable business model at all. Like you just need to, you need to stop what you're doing and, and think about, you know, how are you going to build this and how are you going to grow this? Um, so from day one, I always knew, um, well, actually I read the book, the E-Myth. I'm sure you've read that as well, right? Yes, that's uh, a favorite. From, from, uh, Dr. Gerber and how he talks about if you're going to build anything that's going to be scalable, that can be reproduced and kind of grow by itself. Well, you need to put things in practice to say, Hey, here's the, here's the, so to speak, like the, um, the employee handbook and here's how you follow things. So we didn't physically go through and create like, um, uh, like a, a mission statement, a business plan, and all those things. I was always the type of person that said, hey, I'm going to value speed above everything else, and I'm going to pivot as soon as I figure out that things don't work the way that I hope they were, because I know there's a way to get everything to work marketing-wise. It's just the execution that it comes down to, right? So um, from from there, you, you only have really two options. Either one, you try to plant seeds off your business. And what we've done is, again, start from the get-go. And it was very, very slow in the beginning with our own content marketing. But it now has been snowballing. Um, and you have to realize, too, that if you don't charge enough from your clients to have wiggle room of, of a certain profit margin, um, then then what do you expect you know, your growth to come from, right? So one of the things that we did in, in uh, our blog post, which was in our first year, I kind of did like a review and like what we learned and stuff like that. We grew from, from zero to 100,000 uh, dollars a month. And here at the end of two years, we're at 300,000. And one of the main things that was from like that, that still holds so true today is that charge enough to never charge extra. So if you already set your minimums as far as what you're trying to your client to say, Hey, I have enough wiggle room to hire a person immediately after the first client. That's awesome. Right. But you can't, it's kind of like the chicken and egg thing. You can't do that unless you've established some kind of thought leadership that allows you to charge that much. Right. Because we were really fortunate with content marketing. A person reads our blog. They're so impressed by it um, or the post that they're reading that they're, we're their only client or like their only agency that can potentially work with them. They haven't reached out to anybody else, right? Um, whereas if we did our own PBC marketing, we would be compared to all the other ads of other PBC agencies that are on Google, for example. So, you know, that, that's the biggest thing from, from day one is that we charged more than the average agency out there, even if we had no... Uh, you know, no, no experience or, or we didn't have any thought leadership or brand equity yet. I still kind of just did it and see what happened. And people, you know, kept saying yes. So we just kept rolling. I, I love that. Uh, reading that post, that was one of the points that you made that really stuck out to me because it, like, if you get a bunch of agency owners in a room, like it's, it's just a matter of time before scope creep comes up and then it's just complaint on complaint <laughs> on complaint. Um, right. just, just charge enough. And, then people are right. like, well, I can't win business. And it's like, well, yeah, if your value proposition sucks, if you haven't, if you haven't, if you don't have any trust established or any authority established with your prospects, you can't win business unless it's priced maybe. But if you've done right. those things right, you can still win business. And then the retention rate of clients where you're not constantly, uh, we can't do this. We need to charge you more for that. Um, it's just, it's just a talent. So I, I think that's an awesome takeaway. It, yeah. It's super tough, right? Because we, I, and I don't think this was on purpose by me at all, but I was very, very fortunate to say we're starting a PBC agency where things are pretty black and white. Um, 
And again, like we're, we're charging enough to never charge extra. So if a client want to do Facebook ads or they don't want to do display retargeting or create another landing page, we would do all of it because at the end of the day, if we fi- if we found that launching this type of campaign or launching retargeting on Facebook was going to help them get more results, well, then it ties back into the retention, right? So maybe for that month, you're not making as much profit off that one client, but you turn a corner performance-wise that will make them stay with you for at least another three, six months. So at the end of the day, it doesn't it doesn't really matter for you to be nitpicky about charging them extra here and there for these small things. Um, and, that, and that's why that retention portion is so important. Like we can get clients, um, you know, we have about 80 clients right now. We get about 100, 100 to 150 leads a month right now. So a lot of them are not, you know, part of who we want to work with and that's okay. But when we do get the ones we want to work with and they're a good fit for us too, we make sure that nothing is holding us back. Like we want to make this white glove where if we think that we want to launch something and it's going to get them fast results, we're not going to wait and, and wait for them to approve us charging them more. Cause most likely they're going to say, no, they're going to say, Hey, you know, work with what you have and give me results first before I want to go, you know, spend more. And that's, that's logical. Right. And so that's the biggest thing that I was like, let's eliminate that from the beginning and make sure that we don't nickel and dime anybody. But we, again, we charge them enough to never need to charge extra. And there are some clients on our roster right now where, um, we're doing, you know, above and beyond the work of what we originally set out to do, but you know, end of the day, everything is, is, you know, evening out it, we're still doing very well. Right. That's awesome. Well, before, so I, uh, I think that a mix of like strategic and really tactical stuff is really yeah. helpful for people. So I have just, uh, maybe a couple of tactical questions on the marketing side of things. You guys are using intercom for live chat um, mm-hmm. on the front end of your website. You also, yep. the get proposal um, CTA is kind of prominent yeah. throughout the site. Yep. Uh, the, the leads that are coming in, are you seeing uh, a real uptick in live chat stuff or is the get proposal the, the primary source of leads or is it content offers from blog posts or blog subscribers? Yeah, great question. It's still, uh, the get proposal is still the number one uh, channel. Um, I think the intercom, like the proactive auto message, like chat greeter function that they have is super cool. We can talk about that. Um, it just gets the conversation started and then you kind of get people to de-anonymize themselves and then they're more willing to talk because you've you know kind of got your foot in the door. So uh, the biggest thing with the proposal side was you know, when it comes to PPC, most agencies want to evaluate or like audit an account, which sounds very negative and aggressive for like a first impression thing. Um, it's kind of like give, have, expecting a client to give you access to their bank account. And so we're like, well, what can we do to lower the threat in the eyes of the visitor? Um, we tried, you know, get get an audit or get an evaluation, get pricing, but then found that the get proposal was the most efficient one, um, just performance wise. And then the cool thing with intercom is that depending on what blog post or what page on our site that the visitor's on, we ask a question that's very easy for them to answer and still allows them to stay anonymous. So at least it gets the conversation started. Um, and usually in the past, I would have been, you know, a lot of agencies will say, hey, thanks for, you know, for coming on our site. Let me know if you have any questions. And it's, it's kind of like that person in the clothing store that you kind of like, you know, wave off because you're like, hey, I don't need any help. Like, I'm just looking. You know what I mean? So if you if you're using that same methodology on your website, people are going to ignore you. So instead, um, you know, as a person who works in a clothing shop, you might do better off saying, Hey, we just got this new shipment of clothes and I think it'll look great on you. Can I show you real quick? They're not going to say no. They're going to like the sure. Same thing with your automatic greeters that you have via intercom or whatever chat software you have. So you kind of either go through the, for the jugular right away, um, which we've done recently and, and got a lot more people, um, to, to reply back, 
or you ask them questions that are kind of give like a numeric answer, like, you know, how, how soon are you looking to work with a PPC agency question mark? Or, you know, what's, uh, what's your biggest challenge right now when it comes to PPC as an example, and you allow them to answer. And then you just got to make sure that you're there to then reply. And then you can get the conversation started and see again, if you can get them to give you their, your name, email, and phone number eventually. So you can take this conversation offline and over the phone. Um, so those are the, the main two things that we've been testing here recently and it's performing, you know, really well for us. Wow. I think that's a great insight. Just the really specific question as opposed to kind of the general one, it, you know, like the general one's almost like just a slightly easier contact form. Right. Um, exactly. And people ignore those because it's, it's expected, right? So if you right. make, if you have a automatic greeter or automatic message question that's related to the blog post or reading, um, that would be perfect. Like that's, that's preferable, right? Cause it, you, you got to treat this if literally like you are in like your website is like a storefront and you know that a person is in the Apple store and they're looking at the iPads. So you're not going to ask them, Hey, do you have any questions about our products? You're going to say, right. Hey, this iPad's on sale, yada, yada, yada. And then you're going to make it specific because you can read their body language in, in that way. So it's, it's like a, a poor man's version of behavioral marketing <laughs> right now. I love it. I love it. That's great. <laughs> is there, um, do you just have like, do people take, uh, you're like, Hey, you're going to be manning live chat during these four hours or is it just a group of people? How do you guys manage it, that on the back end? It actually goes all to me and it goes to the intercom app. And so the cool thing about intercom is that if intercom sees you don't reply right away, it gives them the visitor the option to put in their email to say, Hey, you know, Jonathan, will get back to you or, or the team at client boost will get back to you in a few, um, you know, carry this message offline by putting your email address. So most of the time I have like 50, uh, messages over the weekend that I haven't gotten to, um, but most of our intercom message actually, um, email subscriber newsletter gatherings as well. So we, uh, we do, you know, use intercom Zapier and MailChimp to connect all together. So it's kind of automated. So we say, Hey, we're coming out with a new version of this blog post. Would you be interested? And most people <laughs> say, yeah, of course. And, uh, and they, they put in their email address. So it's a way to grow that email list as well. Cool. Dude, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing those details. Yeah. Uh, if, if anybody's listening and you go look at Intercom, look at the pricing, and that scares you to all, look at uh, Drift as well as a, as a free-to-get-started, at least, alternative. Yeah. Another option I would recommend is Autopilot and uh, Olark yes. as well, yep. to be honest. Great. Well, let's let's shift gears here a little bit away from the marketing side of things yeah. um, into the process side of things because you guys mm -hmm. have – experienced growth faster than the vast majority of agencies. And one of the things that comes with growth and success is also some growing pains and figuring right. out how to, how to onboard new people and bring new people yep. into the team and be able to, to service clients. What does, um, what does kind of centralizing knowledge or processes look like? Um, so we actually use a tool called Lessonly. So it's actually lesson.ly. Um, and it's just a week long kind of, get your feet wet kind of thing. It doesn't do much. It's kind of like reading the rule. Anything you do onboarding wise, that's a training program, like treat it as a sport, right? If you never played it or like you're listening to the rules of a board game for the first time, you're all saying, ah, okay, F it. Like, let's just get going. I'll learn as we go. That's more the approach that we take. So we're saying we want you to be part of kickoff calls. We want you to be part of regular client weekly calls. Uh, we want you to be able to send the updates and reports. So a new hire from the PPC side is actually kind of like a, a leech, so to speak, on a current account manager. And the only goal of that person is to help the current account manager out and then by you know, osmosis learning themselves. 
and that's very non-structured. <laughs> um, but it's kind of you put a person in the in the deep end of the pool and say, hey, learn how to swim as fast as you can. And that's kind of like the the tough love approach that we uh, that we have here so far. Now, I think over time, you know, we'll we'll make that more formal. But but so far, it's been working really well. But at the same time, like you said, with the growing pains, we've done so many pivots and uh, and just saying, oh yeah, this doesn't work well, or we get feedback from a client, or you know, we purposely reach out to them for feedback. And uh, and want to get their honest opinion on certain things and and you know how we adjust there too. So most of the things that we're doing now are just like how do we get smarter, um, you know, for retention rates to improve and things like that as well. And so we we can talk about that too. But yeah, it's pretty. Um, they go through that lessonly program and they kind of just you know go into battle with an account manager and that's how they learn. Wow, I like that. Um, beyond the onboarding phase, is there? Do you guys have like a documented, hey, here's what we, here, obviously there, there are things that are going to be customized on a, on a per client basis, but yeah. generally speaking, someone comes on for PPC and CRO, here are the processes that we take them through. Is that stuff documented yeah. or is it, do they just kind of learn that through that onboarding experience? A little bit, a little bit through the onboarding experience. Um, and then also like I've done, uh, it's funny because most of like the webinars or speaking engagements I do are like perfect learning material for our own team and so i'm like hey just watch this webinar <laughs> that i did kind of thing um so it is not that structured in that way but we do have like some best practices and some blueprints we follow and then from there it kind of like you said depends on the client and how they go through it but again most importantly and this is something that i've seen a lot from other agencies is that we kind of want to go in and ask the questions as if we have like a, a cough that's been lasting for too long and we're afraid that we have it sounds really dark but like we're afraid we have lung cancer so what we'll do is we'll go to the client and ask them, hey, are you making more money, right? That's what we care about at the end of the day is that be, are we able to make them more money? And sometimes that answer isn't great. But if we ask them early enough, we can treat it and be you know, much more in the clear. And so the biggest things that we do um, that kind of drives the, the learning experience for our account managers, but also like the execution side is, are you making more money with us? You know, our fee included, yes or no, like let us know if no, then we have to talk internally about how do we change that up, right? Um, and can we scale you? Meaning as we hit your goals, are you okay to expand? Like, do you want to grow? And that's something we handle in the sales process. But that one question, are you making more money, is something that so many marketing agencies don't ask. And if they can't tie it back to that, whatever they do, they become dispensable, which is the downside. That's why a lot of agencies struggle with retention rates or what they deliver can't be tied back quickly enough too money being made or leads being generated or whatever it may be and that's a challenge so but that's something that we focus on very very aggressively uh for our clients that kind of helps us you know give our account manager that north star on what they should be focusing on right that's a powerful question obviously the the fear that holds people back is well what if the answer is no right when the reality exactly. is it, if, if the answer is no it's not like the client's just gonna skip over that forever Right, exactly. Um, and, and and that's the thing too, like a lot of clients won't even tell you um, if you don't ask. And that's the problem too. They're just like eventually say, oh, hey, um, we're done. You know what I mean? Or in the contract length, they're just saying, hey, here's my notice. Uh, and you, you ask your own account manager, what, 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 what happened? Like, let's have a postmortem here. Uh, and they're like, I don't know. I, I thought everything was great. Well, did you ask them that question? And they're like, no. Well, okay, there's, let's start with that, you know, and take it from there. And so that's, uh, like you said, that's a lot of, a lot of people struggle with that. Right. What does, uh, like a new client account, what does the team structure look like? We've had, you know, there's some agencies who are like, hey, everyone's got a different skill set. We yeah. pull people in 
kind of on an agile basis as needed yeah. and other people have kind of the pod structure. Yeah. How do you guys organize that? So, yeah, so we have a hybrid of, of those two you just said. <laughs> so we actually just started doing a pod structure where it's two account managers to one designer. Um, and then the expectation is that all account managers will know where everything search, social, display, video when it comes to PBC. Uh, now, some have, you know, more strengths in one than others, which is fine. But we also, you know, want them to kind of, again, learn from each other and why we have that pod structure as well. So that's that's kind of how we have it set up. So there's no... I, I learned too, like if we have somebody who's really, really great at social, um, well, I want, you know, if that person fills up, then that's a challenge because usually we do a lot of different parts of PBC channels for our clients, not just social, not just search, but all of the above. Um, so I wouldn't want to, you know, think that I'm, I'm stuck and I can't bring on any more clients because that person's filled up. So that's why we, we kind of say, Hey, you're going to be challenged in all aspects as an account manager here, but for the sake of your own growing and for the sake of you just getting better at your craft. Um, so that's kind of how we have it set up. That's awesome. I've got, and I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. Um, <laughs> but I've got a question. This is completely unrelated to the team structure, but more to the yeah. team dynamic and the culture side. Yeah. What are some of the things that you do to like intentionally to build culture uh, or shape I the think, culture? Yeah, I think I'm, uh, I, I personally play too much myself. You can ask anybody here. Uh, people don't get their work done on purpose because I'm, I challenge everybody at Mario Kart. I just walk out and I'm like, <laughs> you're done. And I, 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 I sound, I sound very much like a dick right now, but I'll pull the plug of their monitor and I'm like, you can't, you can't work anymore. Like you have to come play with me, but I'm kind of joking, but I'm also, they, they think that I'm serious at the same time. So it's a very weird balance. Um, but that's on the kind of extreme. So I do that a lot. I go out and we go to lunches. Um, we have like a bartender come in. Um, they, they know that I love to, to spoil at the same time. And the people who have been here too, just because of our growth have seen a lot of, um, you know, their own raises happen really quickly as far as their promotions happen as well. Uh, and so the, the cool thing that we do here is we tie it all back to transparency. Everybody knows exactly how the company is doing on a monthly recurring revenue basis. Uh, and I say, Hey, you can't make more money unless the company is making more money first. And that comes down to your retention and how you're able to do that. So I give them the ownership of their clients that they're working with. Um, and then from there, like it's, it's on them to either increase the value of those clients or just keep them on board. And so um, they feel very much a part of that and also tying it back to saying, hey, if we go down in revenue, um, you know, you're not going to lose any potential money or anything like that. But just know that I want you to be, you know, I want you to have your skin in the game because that's fair. Like that's logical. And I think that trust me able to show them exactly how we're doing the downfalls and the, the, the wins and the losses. Uh, we do that like on a monthly basis and look at them and any bigger pivots. I like to call them that we're doing as a company, um, kind of make them feel involved too. So, so trusting them, getting their feedback and, and then actually using that feedback to make changes, I think makes them feel very, very involved. Um, and then we just have a ton of fun. Like we're, we're going out and doing, uh, we're having a masseuse come in, a bartender come in. We're taking a party bus to go do laser tag. And then we're going to go to Dave and Buster's after for like our, um, our two year anniversary. Um, so yeah, we, we, we have a lot of fun. Um, if that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, do. I mean, there's obviously, I think the culture thing, obviously all starts with your own brand and the type of people that you bring on, but then what yeah. you do to, uh, to promote and cultivate the values of your agency are a big deal. I, so that's, that's I, cool. I was like asking that question just hearing like what people are actively doing because the culture thing has become a huge buzzword, 
um, right. especially in the agency space over the last couple of years. And, um, it, and then asking people like, well, what specifically are you doing to help promote that? Right. Um, it's always, always interesting to hear what people are doing. And I love learning from that. Yeah. I think, I think the people we have on board either help like amplify that or they suffocate it or they're, they get suffocated themselves from the culture. So we actually had a person leave not that long ago saying that, like, Hey, yeah, you guys are just playing too much. I'm like, all right, that's fine. We'll, we'll keep playing. Um, and, you know, for me, I want to invest in our people here, too. And being able to do that comes with, like, what I talked about, like, that transparency and the honesty. So a lot of times, too, like, I have been told from people who work technically for me that I'm playing too much. And I'm like, thank you. You know, I love that feedback. Like, I need to adjust that and, and, and play less and have, the, you know, more of a focus. So it's such a two-way street, but it, it comes from, like, walking the walk, not just talking the talk, too. And I think you can ask anybody here on the team, too, that they feel – very empowered with what they do um and also knowing that like hey i'm i'm a i'm a person i tell everybody like hey i don't have it figured out um we're learning as we go along you need to help me get better at what i do and i need to help you get better at what you do and that's all we're on we're on we're a team and uh i think a lot of people appreciate that and that's that trust is the kind of seed to the culture and then the culture takes care of itself right that's awesome well, this one, this is going to be my last kind of off-the-wall question for you. <laughs> Go for the, it. Uh, the sneak attack here. I'm curious to know, this is another question I like asking, mm-hmm. is about like what the first, kind of what, what an average morning, like first hour, but take that and uh, and apply that liberally. That could mean like the literal first hour or like what does a normal morning look like in your life? What, what helps yeah. you, uh, what are the routines that you go through to prepare for yeah. the day and to lead your team? Oh man. So the only thing that I really get ready that I've started to is starts from home where I just like, I lay out what I'm wearing the next day. So I don't have to worry about, it. I can just get out the door. Right. And focus. Um, but then from, from the get go, I, I, the entire day is just me constantly reprioritizing what I'm doing because like a new person comes in, they say, okay, we're ready to go, uh, sign us up. Like we want to get started or I'm working on a course with uh, like conversion XL that I just finished, for example, on the PBC side. So it's kind of all up in the air. And the cool thing is I've been wearing a ton of hats, literally wearing just one right now, which is kind of cool. And I want to keep it that way. Um, but over time, as we've gotten more and more people here, they're taking over their own individual side. So I was doing sales and marketing and even some account management uh, still to this day, right? Where that that's going to be more and more something that I can like, you know, put on somebody else's shoulders to carry on. Um, so it usually just starts with looking at my email inbox or if I don't have anything planned on my calendar and I know that I need to get to something, I'll write down a post note of like three things that I want to get done. Um, and then that's where I kind of focus, try to focus religiously. But then again, I get distracted by Mario Kart. So it's always, it's a tug of war. <laughs> Got to balance it. Yeah, exactly. I like it. That's, it's cool to hear. It's just cool to hear everyone's got a different way that they, uh, they kind of structure things. And, um, actually, I mean, one of the recurring themes is trying to, I guess, minimize the less impactful decision-making that you have to do in the morning. So things like laying out your clothes, it's a super simple thing to do, but laying out what you're going to wear the next day, you're saving that decision-making power, um, for, for the following day for the things that actually matter. So, Exactly. Dude, that's great. Now, I don't know how Mario Kart, using some of your decision-making <laughs> power there, works into that that equation. Oh, uh, it doesn't. It, like frustra- it. it taps me from all, like, energy, and it frustrates <laughs> me if I don't win. And lately, I've not been winning. So, um, it, and that's more of the reason, too, that I we kind of put, like, a, a specific time frame on when you can play Mario Kart and when you can't. Because <laughs> it just it helps everybody out. <laughs> I was just going to ask, do you play any games other than other than Mario Kart? 
So back in the day, uh, I used to be a big, big, uh, almost addict to Diablo 2, if you know that game. Yep, yep. Uh, I would actually go on eBay, buy what they call mule packs, where it's like they filled up the character with with items that you know are rare or like unique. And then I would pay like 30 to $50 for that just to kind of speed my way through the game. And it's kind of the problem that you have like with the iOS games now, like the Clash of Clans, like, oh, you yeah. got to wait until you get more resources. So don't like I, I can't do those kind of games because I'll just I'll just pay my way ahead of and not, you know, be patient at all. Uh, system. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So but that was my big thing. And in Denmark, um, they had these things called net cafes where if you didn't have great internet at home, you can go to this place where people just played Counter-Strike or Diablo 2, whatever. And so I would spend like all my money at those cafes and just like, you know, drink Coke and, uh, and eat pizza all the time with my friends. That is hilarious. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to get, if you, if, uh, if I was going to get, no, I'm the kind of guy who like, the only reason I play one game is because I, that's the only game that I know. So I'm so much better at it than everybody. <laughs> Or the kind of guy who spreads spreads the resources around a little bit. And other I, I, I tend to focus on one thing at a time and then try to do them very well. Um, but like I said with Mario Kart, it's been kind of like a losing losing battle as of late. So I might just quit it altogether. Uh, I see. love this. <laughs> well, Jonathan, from Craigslist, from Denmark, playing basketball, Craigslist, Mario Kart. We've kind of yeah. we've kind of touched on a lot here, and I really appreciate yeah. you coming on and being willing to share. I think I feel like I could I could just throw off the wall questions at you for two hours here <laughs> but want to respect your time and really appreciate yeah. you making time to come on man for sure no thanks so much for having me it's been super fun thank you for listening to inbound agency journey you can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast again that's doinbound all one word dot com forward slash podcast If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.